Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Amen. Uh, we may going to talk about Jericho a little bit. I believe the walls are going to come down this morning. I'm here to tell somebody some walls came down this morning. I said some walls turned down this morning. What the enemy's been hiding, he can't hide anymore. It's been exposed. Get ready for a week of exposure right now. Woo, what's been hidden is going to be exposed. Amen. For your good. For all things work together for our good. Amen. Those who love the Lord. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I'm glad I'm here. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, thank you, because you said, well, I don't know if I enter all that. Well, that's all right. It had nothing to do with you at all. We're not here to entertain you at all. All this is for him. He's worthy. Amen. All honor and glory belongs to him and for that. If you're glad that Jordan Adams was with us this morning, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his anointing and talent. I love ministry gifts that are consecrated and set apart. How about our team, man? Once again, just do what they do, man. Just show up. Uh, lead us to the throne room of grace. Amen. Let's lead us to the throne room of grace. I'm going to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 11. And we're going somewhere this way. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord and grab your Bibles to Hebrews. And if not, if you don't have it, <clears throat> if you happen to come to a gunfight without a gun, then we'll put some scriptures up there for you. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name forever. Hallelujah. Next week, we're going to be having our, our children's dedication services for both services. A stage full of, of people dedicating their, 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 their families to the Lord. We, we, used to, we used to call baby dedication because, you know, you brought just, just your babies up there. And then we realized that God was saving families that, um, that's been raising families and they've got older kids. They're not babies anymore. So we thought, well, they haven't been giving back to the Lord then we made it we called it to change from baby dedication to children dedication and I was praying and working on this this week and God says well it's time not just to have baby dedication or children dedication it's time to have family dedications well we just just dedicate our family to the Lord and say Lord we just thank you for giving us our family thank you for giving us our spouses thank you for giving our children Lord thank you Lord for the heads of protection so anyway it's just a play on words but it's just something to hit hit deep with me this week I want to talk about Rahab um, just for just for a minute and take us somewhere for what what she did last week we were in Hebrews 11 and I was I was going through Hebrews 11 the whole time and I just kept on I, I was trying to prepare last week and I, I kept on wanting to, to break out Rahab or go in that Rahab and um, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1 now faith is a substance I told you last week it's a reality a substance is a reality of things hoped for and the evidence the word evidence there is confidence of things not seen Maybe knows that you got to understand that God is a reality and we can have confidence in who he is and what he can do wherever there's confidence there's commitment the reason why you struggle with your commitment with God is because you struggle with your confidence with God. You need to settle this morning that my God is able to do exceedingly abundant above all we ever asked or think. And without Him, it's impossible. But 
with him, all things are possible. Once you realize that you settled the whole situation concerning your confidence in him, then commitment will line right up. I'm committed this morning because I'm confident in who he is and what he has and what he can do. And when I'm committed to who he is and what he has and what he can do, and then I realize who I am, what I have, and what I can do. And when you see who he is, what he has, and what he can do, and I realize who I am and what I have, what I can do, and then I look at the enemy in a totally different, totally different way, and I realize who he is and what he has and what he can do. And it's not greater than who God is and what God has and what God can do. And then I realized that greater is he that is in me than he that is after me. So I realized there's more for me there is against me. And I have no problem being committed to God and give him everything that I need to give him because I got confidence that he is able to get me through any situation. So we're in a house full of committed people this morning. Why are we committed? Because we come to church? No, because we have confidence. Oh, if we call upon his name. Who shall ever call upon, calls upon the name of the Lord, the Bible said, shall be saved. He says, call on me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things you know not of. How many is ready for great and mighty things to take place? Well, we're committed to him because we have confidence in him. Anyway, I'm trying to read this. And I kept on reading, get down to verse 4, and it says, By faith, Abel. So it talks about this whole faith thing. So Abel was committed because he had confidence. And I got to verse 5, it says, By faith, Enoch. Well, we know Enoch, he was a bad dude. He was or was not, for God took him because he had this testimony that walked with God. So I see, see he, he has some faith. Then we got to verse 7, and I see, By faith, Noah. Well, yeah, Noah, he has some faith. My man built a boat and knew no, and, and, and won't nowhere near any water. <laughs> I mean, that's like building a boat in Whiteful. I mean, why? You got to drag it down the road to get it to. <laughs> you know, it hadn't even rained before. You know what rain was. And he, but, but God said do it and he did it. So Noah made this, this whole list of, of great of faith here. Noah did. Well, I can see Noah. And then verse 8, by faith Abraham. Well, yeah, I can see Abraham showing Abraham. He's a father of faith. I mean, God's stepped him out from being a moon worshiper. He says, go out, I'll make you a great family. He just stepped out. We, we talked about it a little bit last week. I, I, see, I see him handle it. Well, we realize during this time and in, in, in that part of the country, even today, that, that, that men, man, they're just looked, looked upon real favorably. Women are not. But God just to prove that he's no respecter of persons. When we get down to verse number 11, he says, by faith, Sarah. Well, who was Sarah? Sarah was Abraham's wife. Well, good for her. She's, she made faith because she went with the man of God wherever he went. And she believed God even when her womb was barren. She believed that God says, I'm going to make you a great mother of great nations. And she said, even though I can't do it in my own power, I believe that you can do all things. And she did. She became pregnant with Isaac. And because of that, she made the book. Well, then we kept on reading and go down to verse 20. Saying, there's her son Isaac. By faith, Isaac is there. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob. He made it there. And then there's Jacob's son. We had Joseph. By faith, Joseph. Then we see verse 23, by faith, Moses. I mean, we just got all these good, all these good people. But then we get to verse number 31. 
it says, by faith, the harlot Rahab. The harlot, well, that must be a misprint. There's no way God would put a harlot in the Bible. That's a prostitute. No, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Amen. Thank you, CJ. How many is thankful today that God is no respecter of persons? Now I began to look, and let's go ahead to let's go ahead to Joshua chapter number two and verse one, and let's talk about this 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 Rahab person here that God want to make sure in the Bible. The Bible says in Joshua two and one. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two spies from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, "Go view the land, especially in Jericho." And when they went, they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab. Well, they just called her a harlot, calling her a harlot again. Every time her name is mentioned, they call her the harlot. So just for the sake of time, we see the story here. We, we learn in Sunday school that we understand that Jericho was a, was, a, was a big fortified city. It was a city that stood up on a hill that protected the land of Canaan. Nobody could go and pierce the land of Canaan because, number one, the giants that was in the land and no city protected and on a hill that could watch out for the, a, 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 a coming enemy like the people of Jericho was. Jericho's walls were so big and so large and so long. I mean, this wasn't just a little small city. This was a metropolis. This was a huge place. Tens of thousands of people lived in it. The, the, the walls were so thick that it was literally their chariots would use them as roads around there. There were like eight lanes wide. If you're going to make a highway out of it. That's how big these walls are. This city is, is fortified. This city is sovereign. It is, it's powerful. Not because it's always, always been that way. Because being the gateway into Canaan, Canaan, several armies has gone through there and completely destroyed it. But every time they destroyed it, they would build it back up. And every time they would build it back up, they made it stronger. They made it better. Have you know there's a, there's a sermon in that somewhere that don't get discouraged just because every time you fail and the enemy overcomes you and he wins sometimes. Sometimes God allowed that to happen, but every time you build back up, what didn't take, what was supposed to take you out didn't take you out. You're better for it today. You're not better because everything was easy and you're always putting cream on everything and it smells good and it looks good. You're better today because you've been through some fights. You've been through some battles. You've been through some struggles. Everything didn't come up with petunias and poses and everything always looked right. You had a struggle sometimes and because of that, you're stronger than you were without it. Jericho was stronger because of the fact that it's going through some battles. And they sure up the walls. And so Joshua's coming and realizing that going all the way back to, to his ancestor Abraham, that that was the land that God has given them. That, that obviously for over 400 years that the descendants of Abraham was, was locked up in, in Egypt. They were, they were slaves. For over 400 years there were slaves, but God raised up Moses that we just saw here. And, and Moses led the people out. And they stayed out there in the wilderness for 40 years until they finally got everything together. But now Joshua and Caleb, who God promised because of their faithfulness, he said, I'm going to give you that land. And so now it's time for them to take the land. They can't take the land without taking Jericho, this powerful, just sovereign fortress of a city. And before they would send somebody after, they sent two spies. And these two spies went into Jericho. 
the gates are still open. People was coming and going because it was on a hill and the, and the walls are so high they could spot an enemy from miles away. So they could, they could, they could let their guard down. They could, they could walk freely. They can, they can come and go. And these spies just came in. But the people of the city realized that they were spies. But the spies was coming around and they, and they were just checking out, trying to be just one of the fellas, one of the people. And they needed somewhere to stay. And here's where Rahab comes back in. Rahab was such a lady of the enemy. She has such a lucrative business that, that even the men, when they said, hey, I need somewhere to stay, they didn't send them to booking.com. They didn't send them to VRPO. They just said, no, you want to hang out with Rahab. That's, that, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's the chick you want to see. Everybody knew Rahab. Now, we don't know why Rahab and how Rahab ended up being a prostitute. Especially, I realize where I'm at this morning, I'm in church. And, you know, we, we forget that, that sometimes we were unworthy. And sometimes we still are unworthy. And sometimes we forget that uh, saved people, be honest with you, people who think they got it all together don't need his grace. But those of us who don't have it together, we need his grace and we're thankful for his grace. Some of us hasn't forgotten some, what our testimony is and what God has done for us. And, and we realize this unworthy Rahab, we don't know how she became or when she became a problem. Maybe she had a husband and maybe her husband was doing, maybe he got sick. Maybe, maybe he worked on the wall and fell off and down a woman in this in the Middle East, especially during those times, a woman was not was not worth a whole lot without a man. And now that he doesn't, she doesn't have a man. Maybe she had to turn what historian says is one of the most oldest professions there is on the planet. That is prostitution. I don't know how she turned there. I don't know about her family. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot until later about her family. We don't know the condition. See, everybody, sometimes we see people, they just, we just assume they pick to be an alcoholic. They pick to be a homosexual. They, they pick, you know, to be a foreigner. They pick, you know, to be addicted to some stuff. Sometimes things just happen. How many know there's a devil loose and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy? The Bible doesn't say that, but we do know that she's a prostitute. We know that. And the Bible makes sure. Some people says, no, no, she wasn't a prostitute. I, I, I've read, you know, they love to take, uh, people love to take, I love to read them. I have several on Rahab that taking fiction stories, they take a real story, nonfiction, and turn it into fiction, kind of put our spin on it, make a good novel out of it. And, and we love, I love, I've read some stories on Rahab, as I have other women, other men in the Bible, that not a whole lot of information is in the Bible. And, and a lot of times it tells us different things, kind of spin on it to make it more easier reading. And they love to turn Rahab into from being a prostitute to being an innkeeper. You know, she just ran to bed and breakfast down the street. Makes the best biscuits and gravies and makes sure, you know, you eat some of her, her you know, her, her, you know her, 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 her pound cake before you leave, you know, because, you know, that's all she is. No, I'm here to tell you, she wasn't an innkeeper. She didn't run to bed and bread, but she was a prostitute. She was a harlot. The Bible wanted to make sure you knew it. Not to put her down, but just to let somebody know in this congregation this morning, it don't matter who you are, where you're from, what the enemy is throwing against you, no matter how far you fell, it doesn't matter this morning. God still able to find you. God's still able to use you. And don't try to put makeup on it. The Bible says agree with your adversary quickly. Yes, I was a sinner. Yes, I was a liar. Yes, I was a cheater. Yes, I did fall short of his glory of God. We all fell short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. But I thank God that by his grace I am saved through faith this morning. Don't try to say you won't. We all know you were. I'm not worthy this morning. I'm unworthy. And his faith is what makes me whole this morning. Let's go ahead and jump in the story. 
Rahab is in heaven this morning. Hallelujah. Anyway, trying to tell you a story. This woman we do know that don't know really how she became a harlot and know she was. She was a woman in a tough place, and we know, you know, we don't really know how her struggle was. We know she did struggle. I don't know what her religion was, but I do know about that area there in that time that the Canaanites were pagan. They worshiped all kinds of stuff. But felt good, man, it's, you know, it's like new age philosophy around here. So it's like, like the Western culture. Man, if it feels good, just do it. She did not serve the God of the Israelites. But God sent the spies, sent to her. And when they got there, not only did the men of the city know who Rahab was, so did the king. I mean, this girl had a good business. Because the kings got back to the kings and said, hey, king, there's a couple of spies here. I think they're from Israel. Matter of fact, they're over at Rahab's house. And matter of fact, the Bible didn't make any conclusions trying to figure out. He said, so the king sent some of his men over to Rahab's house to get the spies. Rahab realized that the spies was coming. Someone told her, so she hid the spies. So that when the men got there from the king's table to come, come to find out where the spies was, Rahab said, yeah, they were here, but they left. They gone. They went down 17. They got on 31. They went on 22. They got on 95. They went past Bucky somewhere down there. I don't know where they are, probably around Savannah. <laughs> if you hurry up, you might can catch them. <laughs> Off they went. And the boys come down because she had hit them up on the roof, hiding from them. And when they came down, see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. We, we don't know why she's a prostitute. We don't know exactly what, what religion she was. We don't know, you know, how, how she got to where she was. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know why she did what she did. Other than the fact that the Bible tells us here when we read the scripture, the Bible says that she began to pick up some things in verse 9. In verse 9, she said to the men, now before verse 8, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on all of us, talking about everybody in Jericho, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, how you utterly destroyed them. Verse 11, and as soon as we heard these things, our heart melted together. Did not there remain any more courage in anyone because of you for the Lord your God. First of all, maybe stop before I read that. She's saying, we're petrified. Everybody in here knows who you guys are. I mean, you kick butt and take names, man. You just, you just, you don't play. And because that, we're glad we're behind this big old, everybody right here glad we got this big old wall and we're behind these big old gates and we're protected. But then she says something else. She says, but I realize that it's not because of you, but the Lord your God. He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. 
I just told you this was a pagan woman. She didn't know anything about their God. But some reason or another, this harlot, the Bible wants to make sure, because about five or six times, all in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it doesn't make no, no bones about it. This chick is a lady of the evening, man. She's a prostitute. She's a harlot. But God began to deal with her. And what everybody else couldn't see, she began to see. It's not the people that's the big deal. It's the God of the people that's the big deal. See, I have a problem with God's people thinking they're a big deal and it's all about them. Honey, it's not about us. It's about the God in which we serve. Who am I helping this morning? Oh, I'm a famous now. You got to watch me. I got this and I got that. And I got this many likes. I got this many followers. Honey, you better watch people who wants people to like you. No, I could care less if you see me or even know me. But I want you to leave here knowing I know God and he is good and his son is Jesus. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit of God I wouldn't be here and the Holy Spirit of God dealt with this harlot this prostitute the Holy Spirit of God opened the eyes of her heart so she could see who God really was honey that's salvation who did it without the Holy Spirit of God no man can be saved no I decided to come to church so you didn't decide to do nothing God set you up he made sure everything got out of the way. He made sure that nobody would, call, no, nothing would get in your way. Nothing would stop you. He made sure you're at the right place at the right time to hear the right word. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit of God is after you. Why is he after me? Because he wants to touch your heart. Want to know why? Because he wants to make something known that other people ain't see. Everybody else had the same opportunity to get what she's got, but they were close to the things of God, but not this woman. She knew, she wondered. She, she always was open to something, and what everybody else couldn't see, she could see. What are you saying, preacher? Eyes of the Lord are searching through and through. The Holy Spirit of God is moving, not just in revival services, not just when we pray, praise and worship. He's moving in the crack houses. He's moving in the prostitute houses. He, he's moving in people's houses that's never even darkened the church doors. You about to get ready because there's some people that seeing some things that other people are not seeing and therefore there's some people that know things that other people don't know. Everybody meant these guys. Everybody knew who they were. But she allowed the Holy Spirit to say, no, yeah, look a little deeper. How you know she was saved because she began to call upon their God. I know your God. I see your God. I want to know your God. And here's another one. Verse 12. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, which she did. They would have killed him. They would have killed them boys. Swear to me that you also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token if you really appreciate what I've done for you. And spare my father, and spare my mother, and spare my brothers, and spare my sisters, and spare all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Preacher, how do you know she became born again? Because, honey, people who have a true born again experience ain't just worried about them making to heaven. They want their mamas and their daddies to make it to heaven. They want their brothers and their sisters to make it to heaven. They want their co-workers to make it. Oh, I just go to church. Yeah, you don't care who goes to hell. You don't know if you're going to heaven or hell or not. But people who really been changed and been touched by the Spirit of God, uh-uh, you ain't having me. You ain't having my husband. You ain't having my son. You ain't having my daughter. You ain't having my children or my grandchildren. You ain't getting nothing, Jack. This girl saved to the bone. 
So we see all this happening. You know why that's important? God began to speak when he said, well, why are we on Rahab? And next week we're doing children dedication. You're talking about faith because God began to speak to me. That's what happens. That's, that's what's important. That when we're really saved, we're really on our way to heaven. We got to make sure it's time to fight for our families. And that's when God spoke to my spirit. He says, son, you need to look at these things a little deeper. It's not just a baby dedication, even though that is very important to God. It's not just a children dedication, even though that's very important to God. It's time for us to dedicate our families to God. I began to think about it. God began to deal with me. Our, let me talk to you a few minutes about what, our, what this generation is up against. It's this generation, this Gen Z, our children. I got children over there right now, packed house over there, and we got a school here that's packed. And one thing we know, if I don't know anything, we, we know enough over 20 years we've been doing school and church here. Been blessed. One thing I realized that we can teach them, and I, I can bring some seven, eight year olds over here, and they'll say a prayer right now to call tears come in your eyes, and you'll leave here different than the way you came. But in the spiritual realm, our children are defenseless. No, man, they can pray. No, they're defenseless. Yeah, but there's an age of kind of blue. Yeah, there is. I don't know when it is, and who knows? It's different for everybody. But I'll tell you one thing your children are defenseless whenever it comes to the spiritual realm. The enemy knows it. That's why he, that's why he's using the, the whole LGBTQ movement. Make them think that it's okay. Just cause you're a boy, you don't have to like a girl. You can like a boy, or 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 you can, you know, you can you can have an identity crisis and, and wonder who you are. And you know, you might look like a boy, but you can be a girl. You might be a girl. You can be a boy. Why are they starting so young? Because our children, regardless they're in church or outside the church, they're defenseless in the spiritual realm. Oh, sure, the enemy comes against us when we're old. Come on, parents, we know that. But let me tell you something. He really, if he can sow that seed, most of us are sitting here, you can be 60 years old, but you're still battling things that happened that you saw that was infusing when you were six. Hmm? And the enemy knows it. And here God uses the story of Rahab the harlot. He says, well, I see your God and what he can do. And she turned into from Rahab the harlot to Rahab the, Rahab the evangelist. Oh, if you're going to save me, I need you to save my family. The Bible says in James chapter 5 verse 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Simply put, it actually means the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That means mother, that means father. You send your spiritually defense his child out. You can send them to private school. You can send them to public school. You can send them to go out and play ball and they, they can play with their iPad. They can, you have no idea. You can watch over them, but they're defenseless. But then what do we do, Pastor? What do we do? We become a effectual, fervent prayer and parent because our effectual, fervent prayers are powerful whenever we are righteous and walking in right standing with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Let me get back on this story, Rahab, and put this whole thing together, how God showed it to me. And the Bible says that, that, that Rahab, once them guys left, that, that two things begin to happen. Number one, them spies went back. They went to Joshua. And they went to Joshua and said, hey, Joshua. Oh, we can take it. Oh, it's a big old fortified city. But if we can take out Pharaoh, if we can take out, take out the, the king of the Amorites, if God can do that, man, we've got this. 
I mean, these people was, they had confidence in God. And they were committed to God. We know the story. We learned it. We learned in vacation Bible school. We learned in Sunday school that Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Right? Remember we sung it? Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. Jericho. Aren't y'all singing? Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. And the walls came. I see y'all holding back on me, you know. It came down. What did he do? Well, we know the first day they walked around at one time. The second day they walked around at two times. The third day, everything God told them to do, they just did. Here's a bunch of people, man, just walking around this big old city. What are y'all doing? Bunch of nuts. Down on 17 and Red Bug. What are y'all doing? I'm just obeying God, man. I don't know what I'm doing. People, people ask me all the time, what are you doing down there? I have no idea, man. I just get it. God just tell me what to do. I just do it. Fourth day, four times, fifth day, five times, six days, six times, seventh day. We know what happened. The walls came down. Well, while Joshua was being obeyed to God and walk around the, the city, Rahab the harlot, she was going to her family because four despised left they told her so we're going to leave and we'll tell Joshua about what you did for us and if you want us to spare you and you don't want to come with us you want us to spare you and your family then what you need to do is take a take something take, and look around remember so it's a prostitute house to look around and there's not a lot of burlap and grays and there's a lot of pretty colors in there I mean, she was a she was a lady, man. She 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 had to earn her earn her money. He's a matter of fact. Take that red that red scarlet thread over there. That that shawl. That that you know whatever it is you take that and hang it outside your window, so that whenever we come, it'll be a reminder of who you are and whoever's in that house with you will be spared. And the Bible says. And the Bible says, which, which, which I love this. And the Bible says, in verse 21 of Joshua number 2, according to the word, so it be. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound a scarlet thread in the window. One translation says, as soon as they left. Why is that important? As soon as them juggers went out that window, went down and went out after she sent the king's spies, the king's men to another direction. Why is that important? Because she didn't wait one day. She didn't wait one week. She didn't wait one month. She didn't wait when things got crazy. See, it's one thing to hear the word, but you got to hear the word this morning. You got to receive the word. And it's something else to hear the word and receive the word, but you got to apply the word. This chick, she heard the word. She received that word and she applied the word. And as soon as they went out that window, she did exactly what the word said. Take the red cord and put out the window. See, that's what we're supposed to do when we get a message like this. We can't wait to next week. We can't wait the next month. We can't wait till it got 10. We can't wait till our daughter starts acting stupid or my husband starts acting crazy. We got to put out what God says to We got to make provisions right now. And while Joshua and that crowd is walking around that big old huge miles around fortified city 
Rahab the harlot turned into Rahab the evangelist. Oh, I like her already. I didn't say Dr. Dumbbell or Slinky the evangelist or the one who's got all together. No, the one who used to sit on the street corner, her and her girls are now going to death. Say, hey, when chaos hits, when trouble hits, don't short them. Don't run the other way. Don't give up. I need you to come. There's going to be hanging out of my window a scarlet thread. It's going to be red. See, y'all understand something. Rahab represents the wayward sinner. Joshua represents the type of Jesus Christ. And that red cord represents the red blood of Jesus Christ. What does every wayward sinner need? They need a Yahshua. They need a Joshua, Yahshua, Jesus. And what do we need with Jesus? We need that crimson red blood that when all hell breaks loose, it's not time to join up with him. It's not time to give up and run away. It's time to run to the scarlet thread. It's time to wash, out, wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What do we need to do when all hell gets ready to break loose? We don't run away from God. Time to pick a side. going Elizabeth going on in the world today trying to raise your kids in this atmosphere what are you watching who who are you dealing with and the governor of Tennessee just last week had to sign a law prohibiting drag queens for going up to children and just teaching them what they wanted to do why would a governor have to put that in law if we don't have a problem? Because you can't turn your eyes anymore. You can't just hope it goes away or say, well, that's for them. Uh-uh. The enemy is trying to get our defenseless children. And the only way for the enemy to have his way is for us to do nothing. But Joshua says, I don't know about you, but that's for me and my house. We're going to stand up and we're going to do something about this. Let me go ahead and just preach for a minute. No, preachers, no, 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 no. See, you know, you, you about right. You about right. You close. Talking about the harlot, how God can use him. You, you, you hit, hit the LGBTQ, RST, WXYZ, and all that crowd. You hit them pretty hard, too, but God can use it. Yeah. You got to be, look, you need some sensitivity training. Oh, I got it. being very sensitive if I want sinners continue to be sinners and not tell them it's not you I don't like it's your sin I don't like watching a person heading down a road at the end thereof is going to be destruction it's not love baby telling somebody look I understand who you are I understand you've been through stuff I don't know how why you are the way you are mom and daddy's fault it doesn't matter your fault their fault whatever the bottom line is that I pray right now and the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you and open your eyes and you'll choose this day here because it's time to choose a side and the Bible says that Rahab went to her family says, oh, it's, it's, it's getting ready to come down. It's getting ready to happen. You got to pick a child. You got to pick a side. You're going to stay here. You're going to fight with Jericho. Oh, you got to fight on the Lord's side of these Israelites. You know where we are in human history right now in, in the time of the church? It's time to pick a side. There's not three sides. There's two sides. Either you're on the Lord's side or you're not. Either you're with the kingdom of this world or you're with the kingdom of God.
Now I'm going to ride the fence a little bit. God doesn't own the fence. Well, see, I got this pretty fence. My fence is wide. I got some flowers on. I made it pretty. I sit on the fence. That way, I'm not on the devil's side. I ain't on God's side. The devil owns the fence. And when he comes to take the fence, he comes and takes whatever's on the fence. Get off the fence. Shoot, God is telling me, it's that, yeah, my kids, y'all don't want to be too hard on them because, you know, they're going to lose some friends. Honey, you better choose a side right now because we're not, it can't get much crazier, but it will be. It can't get much chaotic, but it will be. And the Bible said on the seventh time that the walls came down. The wall, eight lane wide wall. That's my own sound. That's not a sound effect. That's me. Who <laughs> else wants to use this mic? You talk about the chaos. You talk about the craziness. You talk about people running to and fro and don't know who to join and what to join and what not to join. And here comes here comes Joshua and his army and the spies they're coming in there they're killing everything God says wipe it out kill man kill woman kill beast kill the dog kill the cats kill the fleas kill it all and they come in and do it and they were taking out people running people screaming all kinds of stuff and God come in there but when they came in there and all the all the smoke and all the mortar and everything people screaming and people dying and everything happened they start you want know they remembered they remembered the promise because flapping in the wind over there over by Rahab's house was a crimson red banner that represents the blood of Jesus Christ what are you saying preacher don't get caught up in the land in the calamity don't get caught up in the chaos God is sure to his promise and what he has promised he will see through you just gotta make up your mind whose side you on today Joshua, remember, he's the top of Jesus. Hey, Joshua, we see it. You see over there? Somewhere over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. Somewhere over there is Rahab's house. Her family's in there. The, the, the children's children is over there. She's got moms and dads and her family. They didn't choose to stay with these guys. They came with us. Joshua says, go get them. And the Bible says that the Lord remember Rahab on that very hour. What does that mean? That God's going to remember us. If you're thankful for what God did for Rahab, put your hands together and magnify the Lord. Come on, get on your feet right now. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, today for your banner, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your... We thank you, Lord, today, Lord, for your blood, Lord. Wash and wash, God, it's your blood, Lord. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So come on and sing.
want to go through the Bible to find out whether or not Jericho went down to nothing. You can, you can find archaeological scientists that tell you that there's a heap somewhere that nothing to this day, nothing can grow with that big old powerful city of Jericho. Nothing's built over. It's just a big old pile heap of nothing. Everything in it was destroyed except for one and her family, Rahab. Rahab came out when she did. I don't know how long it was, but she met a man named Salmon. They got together. They had a baby named Boaz. Boaz met the old girl, you can read a book of Ruth, named Ruth, and she married a man named Obed. Obed begot Jesse. Well, who's Jesse? Go to verse 6 and I'll tell you. Jesse begot a man named David. David become the king. My God, I'm about to run right now. And the king began Solomon by who had been the wife of Uriah. The king David, king David, king David. Who was his grandma? Her name was Rahab, the prostitute. God turned that entire family around. Don't tell me he won't do it. Don't tell me he won't do it. Yes, he will. Why? Because she would not give up. She would not give in. And she would not let go. The effectual, fervent prayer. That's why I ain't playing. I'm not playing. Our defenseless kids walk around there and the enemy thinks they're easy peeking. Not from this house, it's not. Oh, wait a minute, they go to highest praise. Oh, them kids go to highest praise. Oh, yeah, them parents go to highest praise. Yeah, don't mess with them. Don't get that woman praying on that boy right there. Don't mess with him. Her fair, her prayer is powerful. Why? Because she's perfect? Uh-uh. Why? Because she's worthy? Uh-uh. The Bible makes sure there's no more unworthy person in the Bible to receive what they received in Rahab. Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot, Rahab. Put it back at it, verse 5 up there. Again, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot, Rahab. And what's missing in the New Testament about Rahab? The word harlot is gone. Son about that new covenant, man. Son about that blood. Oh, everybody else might know you as this one, the crackhead, or this one, the liar, or this one, the cheater, or this one. Oh, my God, listen. He says, what sin? As far as the east is from the west, man, he has made all things new. Just what he sung while ago. Anyway, let me, let me get you into this. We got to do something different real fast. This, I mean, that, that's good enough to take the doors off the hinges as we walk out. Everybody leaving out of here doing donuts. <laughs> Crazy nuts. Then we find out, just in case you forgot, going down the whole genealogy of, of Rahab, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, verse 12, verse 14, verse 16. And Jacob beget a man named Joseph. Joseph is the husband of a girl named Mary who was born a boy named Jesus who's called the Christ. This old Rahab the harlot. Oh, it's not just good enough to have David the king, but the king of kings is in her lineage this morning. Come on. Just when the devil thought he had your son, just when the devil thought he had your daughter, just when the devil thought he had your marriage, there's a king of kings and the Lord of lords. Greater things 
hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.